Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole takes part in an insane left-wing town hall on CBC, proving once and for all why he must follow through with a pledge to defund Canada's state broadcaster. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is The Candace Malcolm Show. Hi everyone, happy Monday. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. So it is Monday, one more week until election day, seven more days before Canadians will go to the polls, cast their ballot, and determine who will be the next Prime Minister of Canada. We have a really exciting live show planned for next Monday. We're gonna be breaking it all down. We will have breaking news. We'll be letting you know the results as they come in. We also have special guests, lots of analysis, lots of opinion. You're gonna want to Tune in and check that out. It will be streaming live on Facebook and YouTube. So make sure you tune in for part or the whole evening will be there right until the end. And until then, we will be following the election very closely. We have an episode of the show coming out every day this week, just like we have throughout the entire election. We also have lots of breaking news and exclusive stories over at tnc.news, really wall-to-wall coverage. So you're gonna wanna check that out and continue to keep your eye on tnc.news to stay informed about the election, to see the other side of the story to hear reports that the legacy media is ignoring and also reports about that biased legacy media because no one else is doing it. So if you've been watching TNC, watching the Candace Malcolm show, or you tuned in at all last week 20 of our coverage, you'll know that I am very critical of the debates commission, very critical of the way that the debates have been organized for this election. I think it's been a total disservice to Canadians to just have that one lousy English debate, the debate that was just so chock full of left-wing causes, pet issues, It was framed entirely around liberal issues and the way that it was structured, it was so hard to follow. They were bouncing back and forth about the issues. They weren't really letting Trudeau and O'Toole duke it out. They kept changing the subject or allowing one of the other leaders to interject, even though those other leaders are pretty much irrelevant when it comes to the possibility of becoming prime minister. So it was just really, really silly. On top of that, we had two French debates. So we had the privately organized one on TVA, which is a large French language news station. And then we had the French debate on Wednesday. So a lot of Canadians are wondering, why do French Canadians get two debates? English Canadians only get one. All three of the debates were hosted in Quebec, so not really representative of the rest of the country. Well, instead of more debates, we had a different kind of format. CBC hosted a town hall. So in theory, I like the idea of a town hall because it allows for a leader to be grilled, to get deeper into the issues. And this one was billed as an opportunity to speak to undecided voters. So presumably voters who might potentially vote for you people who are on the fence. When you think of undecided voters, you think of someone who in some universe might vote conservative. So the four undecided voters that the CBC found to ask Aaron O'Toole questions were all pretty openly left-wing. They were all pretty openly progressive voters. And the issues that they were asking about, the things they cared about, were things that liberal voters care about. Now we know this because True North commissioned our own poll last week. We released it. I was joined by Hamish Marshall, who helped break down that poll. But one of the things that we learned is that depending on whether you're leaning liberal to vote liberal or leaning conservative to vote conservative, you care about very, very different issues in this election. So if you were a liberal, according to our poll, you told us that the issues you care about are COVID-19 and climate change. Those are the two big issues for liberal voters. If you're a conservative voter or leaning conservative, the things that you care about are government debt and spending and jobs and the economy. So really two different things. And you can see by this town hall that the CBC did that it was framed entirely around 
around the left-wing issues, the things that liberals care about, which is entirely what we've come to expect from the CBC. So there really were two big red flags about this town hall for Anatolis. I said I like the concept in theory, but of course the CBC trusts the CBC to mess things up and make it awful. So the first red flag is really just that it was organized by the CBC. They have a far left editorial position and they're run by the government. So their default position is always more government, federal government's job, spend more money, very top down in their way of thinking. The second red flag is that this event was hosted by none other than Rosemary Barton. Rosemary Barton is a huge fan of Justin Trudeau. She's done loving interviews with him where she basically fawns all over him and throws him softball questions. She's taken selfies with him. She's pretty open about how much she likes Justin Trudeau. And she's also pretty open about the fact that she is a partisan liberal. The way that she views the world, the way that she frames her questions is always from the liberal perspective, using liberal spin and liberal talking points. And on top of all that, the CBC and Rosemary Barton hate conservatives so much that they actually sued the Conservative Party during the 2019 election. It was over CBC claiming that there is copyright infringement because the Conservatives used a clip of Rosemary Barton in a conservative political ad. This is such a common practice where political parties take a clip from a news show to demonstrate something during an election that the judge threw this out. So the CBC ended up losing the lawsuit, the Conservatives ended up winning, and yet somehow Rosemary Barton comes out the other end still pretending to be a neutral, unbiased journalist. I think most Canadians see through that, and especially most Conservative voters know better. So I won't walk you through the entire town hall because it was so tedious and I wouldn't want to subject you to that, but I will just point out a couple of the questions that were asked. So again, as I noted, the things that conservatives care about are jobs, the economy and government spending. None of that was really covered in this debate. Instead, we heard from one voter who openly said that the top issues that he cared about were climate change and reconciliation. Again, not issues that matter at all to conservatives, according to the poll that we did. And the question that he ultimately asked was about childcare. Uh, This election, like previous elections, issues such as climate change and reconciliation will be big issues for me. Um, But for the first time ever, the issue of childcare will also be a huge issue, helping decide who gets my vote. Um, So, Mr. O'Toole, what I'd like to hear from you is concrete solutions that your party is going to bring forward to deal with the growing cost of childcare particularly in Canada's big cities. Uh, Again, I'm kind of hoping to know what your definition of the low income bracket is. Where is your cutoff for low income families? Can you put a number to that, Mr. O'Toole? Numbers seem to be your platforms then. And again, the only the only reason that childcare is a big issue in this election is because it's part of the Liberal government's platform. They're running on a campaign to massively increase the amount of money that they transfer to the provinces. Now, childcare is not a federal issue. It's a local issue. If anything, it's a provincial issue. The idea that we should have a federal program sort of implies that the solution that would work for people who live in downtown Toronto would be the same thing that works for people who live in smaller towns across the prairie. It really is kind of silly. And secondary is based on this sort of pie in the sky idea that everyone across the country can have the exact same daycare, that we're going to model it after the Quebec system where everyone pays $10 a day. The Quebec system doesn't even work. There's huge lineups and not everyone gets in. So we're taking a 
provincial model that doesn't really work in Quebec, magnifying it so that it's across the whole country and just assuming it will work even though it didn't even work on the smaller scale. Of course, none of that is mentioned and Aaron O'Toole is just held to the impossible standard of Justin Trudeau, which he himself hasn't even met. And then, of course, Rosemary Barton comes in with the liberal talking points, the liberal spin. The liberal plan is to create a national childcare program across the country. It, it could apply to shift workers. It doesn't have to be in schools. So I, I, I guess I would go back to my question then around spaces. You say it's going to be sort of the market that will create the... How long is that going to take? Surely that's going to take just as long as the Liberals promised to create spaces over... You, you can just see how she's not a Conservative in any way and she's just so skeptical and resentful of the Conservative worldview. She's so skeptical of markets. Like, her worldview is so top-down that it has to be government-created. Erin O'Toole sort of flips that over and says, hey, look, we'll give more subsidies directly to parents, we'll give tax breaks, and then they'll have more money to put towards their own childcare spots, choosing what's best for them. And then in turn, more daycares will open and more spots will be created. So the next question comes from Taylor. Taylor is a transgender woman from Winnipeg, so a biological male. And her question is about what Erin O'Toole is going to do to end bigotry and transphobia. Uh, let, let me just say this. First of all, this is a very niche issue. This is not top of mind to most Canadians. And while, of course, we don't want to have bigotry in our society and we don't want for an individual to feel like they don't have their rights or their rights aren't protected, there's just so many other issues in the country. There's so much else going on. The fact that they found this one individual who's very much an outlier, her issues are very different than the average issue of the average Canadian. It just shows you the mind frame of the producers over at the CBC, what they think is important. Hey, let's find a transgender person and basically have them shame Aaron O'Toole and talk about how horrible Canadians are and how Canadians are hateful and bigoted and all this kind of stuff. Look, this is just so out of touch. I, I feel sorry for this individual, but this is not a federal issue. This isn't the top of mind in an election and it's just a little cringy to watch. Hi, my name is Taylor. I'm a 40-year-old transgender woman from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Listen, Canadians are increasingly intolerant towards two-spirit, transgender, and non-binary individuals, and Canada's not doing enough to give us the quality of living that we have the right to. I, like, I mean, all marginalized Canadians have a right to dignity, to respect, to safety, but we're surrounded by abuse that's rooted in fear and archaic beliefs. It's fueled by misinformation. It's supported by systemic oppression and structural violence. Like, as a transgender woman, my lived experience includes being stalked, harassed, defamed regularly by a network of bigots. I've received death threats. Like, in what universe is this acceptable? So as a leader, what do you plan to do to end bigotry and transphobia and ensure for all marginalized Canadians the, the dignity, respect, and safety that is long overdue? And of course, Rosemary Barton jumps in to make it so much worse. So first, she completely botches what Bill C-6 was. The whole idea, this is the conversion therapy ban, and the whole reason that the Conservatives opposed it is because it was so broad and overreaching that basically it would needlessly criminalize the ability of a person to have normal conversations, normal conversations between children and parents, children and teachers when it came to transphobia. So this entire bill was created as a liberal trap, a wedge issue for conservatives because they knew the conservatives would say, hey, this bill goes too far. We have an amendment. Let's change it. The liberals struck that down. So again, this is very much a liberal trap and Rosemary Barton just sets it up and follows all the liberal talking points and the liberal spin. Very, very dishonest of the CBC to include this in this way. 
This was a piece of legislation that would make it illegal for people to be forced into conversion therapy to deny them or try to erase who they are. A majority of the Conservatives, 62 MPs, voted um, against that. You, you voted for it. You, you believe that the ban should go in place. If, if you are such a good leader, if you really can lead by example, convince people in your caucus this is the right way forward, is this not evidence that you can't do it? Okay, and the next question comes from an individual named Grace in Edmonton, no occupation listed, and of course she just cares about climate change. Again, if you're a liberal voter, you care a lot about climate change. If you're a conservative voter, less than 10% of conservative voters that we talked to in our poll said that they care about climate change. And so her line of questioning is basically, you have conservatives in your caucus, what are you going to do with them? Basically asking how liberal are you going to govern, here's what that looked like. So I'll be basing my vote around the kind of government that we will elect because that will be hugely important to the steps we do or don't take in confronting our biggest challenges. My question to the leader of the Conservatives is around the party that he leads and what kind of government him and that party will form if they are to win. My question is, given that your party and some of its members have in some cases in the past taken some very different positions, how will you, if you form government, handle party or even caucus members who may feel your views aren't conservative enough. I did read that a couple months ago back at the policy convention that a majority of the delegates did vote to reject adding statements like climate change is real to the policy book. So just using that as an example of perhaps a more delicate issue within the party, how will you kind of deal with that? And finally, we just did a little montage of Rosemary Barton because she had the opportunity to jump in on each of the individual questions and then she came and created her own line of questioning, which again, really is just a one-on-one -on -one with a liberal activist. So the previous Then you can show We ambition. now have new ones, right? Mr. Trudeau changed his targets the twice. The changed their targets. The world Mr. changed Mr. Trudeau cha changed Canada's targets You have to update twice. the targets after two years. In the 10, you have to do 10 days after we released our plan. But how is restricting the Beretta storm weapon used at the Dawson College shooting, for instance, how is that political? What, what is the political decision that goes into restricting that firearm? On what planet does that firearm need to be part of what is allowed in this country. That doesn't sound like someone that's going to go around and enforce the Canada Health Act. So if you are Prime Minister, can someone pay to get access to a service faster than the rest of us who have to be on the wait list? You say often that Justin Trudeau says one thing and does another. As Grace has pointed out, the same thing could be said of you. Um, whether it be the promise on a carbon tax, whether it be some of your comments around guns, and whether it be other things. Sometimes, I. I I don't even know where you stand on an issue, to be frank. And it sounds like Grace is in the same uh, place as me. If provinces want to allow for people to pay for services and not wait in line, will you allow that to happen as prime minister? People deserve an answer. That's a super important question. When you were running to be leader, though, you talked a lot about taking back Canada. That was just in August of 2020. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand what you meant then. I'm not sure I understand now. But that, to me, that kind of language doesn't seem to be a uniting kind of language. Do, do, you, do you feel like at times during the leadership run that you too con contributed to creating division? Why not require people to be vaccinated to get on a plane or a train? You're vaccinated, I'm vaccinated. Why should I have to go on a plane and worry if the person next to me is or isn't? Why is that, why is that person who won't get it done and you want people to get vaccinated, you've said it, why is it their right to come on a plane or a train 
and it's not mine. Where is your ambition? Why not have targets that you seek to meet instead of ones that we know that we will meet? Because most people believe that we are now going to meet the emissions, the 30%. Look, I'm for journalists asking politicians tough questions. I'm for them holding their feet to the fire. The problem here is that this didn't feel like an interview between a journalist and a politician. It felt like a debate between two politicians. It felt like a liberal activist peppering a conservative politician with unfair, biased questions, leading questions, and really just the framing, the spin, the talk points. It was very, very left-wing and very liberal. I don't think a conservative stands a chance in an environment like this. And this is why I, I don't think that conservatives should even bother to do events like this, because what ends up happening is that Aaron O'Toole, just to get through the night, just to survive the interview and, and being in the hot seat, he ends up moderating himself, putting forth more left-wing talking points, and really turning off conservative voters. Because if you're a conservative voter on the fence between voting PPC and voting conservative, and you see Aaron O'Toole up there, you know, just trying to answer those questions in, in a fair way, but really he's being led so far to the left that it makes him come off as a leftist, which is why this event is the best example of why. If Aaron O'Toole wins this election and becomes the Prime Minister of Canada, he must immediately follow through with that pledge and defund the partisan liberal CBC. I'm Candace Malcolm and this is The Candace Malcolm Show.